Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. I found today's guest in an unlikely place. I found him on my new favorite social media app, TikTok. Don't judge me for being there. I will stand by the fact that it is the best source of entertainment and really getting me through this coronavirus lockdown strange period of time. I found a video of his that got quite a lot of traction and it was him decking out the back of his tradie van to make it uh, home for him for the next few weeks. In this video, he said that he is packing up and heading on a solo road trip because he was looking to find himself. I thought it was really interesting that a young millennial male was brave enough to share something about him wanting to discover who he was as a person and actually admitting to the world that he wanted to do that. I decided to get in touch with him and found out there was a lot more to his story than just that. Today's episode touches strongly on mental health and in particular male mental health. If you are currently struggling with your mental health right now, I encourage you to seek help. I have left some links to resources in the description of this and Please just remember to check in on your mates during this time. We're all going through it and even the strongest people we see might not be dealing as well as we think they are. I won't ruin the rest of this podcast for you, so let's jump straight into my chat with Blake and Tolly. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Blake, thank you so much for being on The Millennial Crisis podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. So let's kick it off with your name, your age and what you do. My name's Blake. I'm 24 and I'm a qualified carpenter down here in Port Arlington, down the bottom of Victoria. Let's start off with... I guess your story. So why you decided that you wanted to get on this little getaway mid, I guess, mid Corona chaos time. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awkward, it's a weird time for it, but I guess something I've wanted to do for a very long time sort of stems back a couple of years ago when I had some stuff going on. I had yeah, probably very tough two or three months. I had pretty much, playing football, I was king hit playing football. And then I was told seven week recovery for that. And in that seven weeks I had um, dad's cousin pass away, her funeral, dad's auntie pass away, her funeral, my nan passed away, her funeral. And then a month later, one of my good mates took his own life. So I just never let myself really heal from that. And I thought getting the van was going to be my thing just to get away and be a bit of a gypsy sort of thing and I just never did like I just never did and sort of ISO hit and work mucked me around a little bit and I was pretty much sitting at home I reckon I watched more Netflix and played more PlayStation than the average human for about a month and then I was just like this is shit pretty much I was like what am I doing and I remember I just messaged mum one day 
it was like 12 o'clock and I was just like, hey, mum, going to go to Byron next week. She was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Byron. And I literally took all my tools out of my van, extended the floor a little bit, put a mattress in, and two days later, just took off. Like, I just wanted to get out a little bit, just get out and sort of stop feeling sorry for myself. Because I think everyone sort of does it this time as well. Like, being stuck inside and, like, people don't have jobs, they're not seeing their friends. It's like, it's an easy way to feel sorry for yourself. And I was for sure. And I was just like, I'm out. Catch you later. And I just took off pretty much. <laughs> First of all, obviously that's a lot to deal with, especially like at such a young age too. And in such a small amount of time, but two that you mentioned that you were, you know, playing games and watching Netflix a lot. And I think that's what a lot of us do because it's so easy for us to distract ourselves mindlessly these days and not deal with, how we're feeling, which yeah, I think is a really yeah, sure. important point. And I think a lot of signs of people not doing well, you know, in, in general are like, oh, someone's going out too much. Someone's drinking, someone's doing drugs. Yeah. Someone's like all of these big things. But I think one thing that a lot of millennials and Gen Z's face is that too much socials, too much gaming, too much like Netflix and not doing anything can actually be just as detrimental as something like that because it yeah, does cause that self-isolation, which then leads to deeper like, mental health issues, which I think is a really important point. Yeah. I sort of had some friends as well. Like even when ISO eased up, everyone's catching up and I found myself still just sitting around in my room and stuff like that. And people would be like, Oh my God, how good is it? And I'd reply back to them. I was like, Oh, it's so good. But deep down I was like, I haven't changed. Like <laughs> nothing's changed. I'm still just kicking it in my room. I think, and I kind of went through that stage of grief where I had moved out not long after my friend had um, took his own life. And pretty much just every weekend I was like drink, having a drink and stuff like that. But then during the week I was just sort of in my room watching Netflix and I'd moved out and every second night, I would still come and stay at mum and dad's house because I was working close to them. And that was just my excuse. Like mm. it was a 10 minute drive to mum and dad's or a 30 minute drive home. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm, like I'm close to home, close to work. Like it's 20 minutes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I just felt comfort. So it was a weird one because I wanted to get out and sort of live out of home. But then I was home all the time. I remember my housemates would be like, why don't you just move back home? <laughs> and I, at the time, was really salty on it. I was like, what the hell? Like, Can I fuck oh, you yeah, guys? <laughs> yeah. And then sort of later, I was like, oh, like they probably have a point. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I found myself in that trap real bad of just pushing everything away and just being like, oh, no, like I enjoy Netflix days. I, like people be like, it's good to have one of those days every now and then. And I'm sitting there thinking, what about seven in a row for seven weeks straight? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I got stuck really easy just going, I'm just going to sit in my comfort zone. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to go out and hang out with friends. Like I'm just happy doing nothing sort of thing. Mm. And that really played on me towards the end. Yeah. I think it's a really easy and kind of, yeah, an easy trap to fall into. And I can speak like, I know that nearly everyone listening will know that there is a period in their lives where they have done that. And I think, like you said, it comes down to pushing all of those feelings aside. I know like I used to joke around with my friends back when I was like in my uni days and I like 
hated life, you know, back then. Cause I felt like I was like forced to do something I didn't want to do. And I would like brag like, Oh yeah, I watch three movies a day. Cause I don't go to yeah. YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And then I look back at it now and I'm like, bro, like you didn't get out of bed. You were watching three <laughs> movies a day. Like mm, that's probably yeah. like, that's probably not a healthy thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's like one of those things too, that you do make a little lighthearted joke at, but it's like one of those like laugh at my pain sort of thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> but deep down you're like, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize that? Oh shit. I have kind of been through a lot and maybe I'm not, I haven't dealt with this. Well, mine was like my, up until then. So I was 22 when that happened up until then. Like I've, I've lived a perfect life. My parents are awesome. Like even when I was 21, 22 on apprentice wages, if I was running low on money and I'm out on a Saturday night, I would like, like it sounds really spoiled, but it is what it is. Like 12, 12 in, at night, I'd ring mum and be like, oh, can I borrow 50 bucks? And she'll be like, I'll put a hundred in, just make sure you get safe, get home safe. And it's like, I asked for 50, but mum was like, I gave you a hundred, make sure you save 30 for the taxi sort of thing. Yeah. So I was re- like, I was just living easy, really. And then all that happened, and I was just like, ah, oh, no, like it, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. Like, and then we'll, I was working at home, and dad struggled with it a fair bit. Like, he's struggled with it a fair bit. And I remember me and him just butt heads when we worked, it, when we worked together at home. And um, he said something about, like, I yelled at him or something. And he sort of started tearing up, and I asked him what was wrong. and he was just like, I'm not dealing with everything well. And I remember I just blew up. I just blew up with him. And I was like, how, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I was, like, I was like, how the fuck do you think everyone else feels? Like, like I, was, I, was, I was like to him, I, the morning Nan passed, everyone got moved out of the room. So it was dad, his brother, mum and, and my auntie got dragged out of the room. And I was like, I'll sit here with Nan. And she was like, non-responsive sort of thing and where i heard the doctor say she's got six hours left and i was sitting there thinking like she loves abba so i'm sitting there holding her hand going we'll go for a dance tonight man like we're, we're getting you out we're going for a dance and when i heard that she had not said anything like she was barely moving and she squeezed my hand and something i'll never ever forget she squeezed my hand and turned her head towards me and i was just like holy fuck like she's she knows what's going on she can understand everything. And that was the main thing I blight with dad about. And me and my dad, like, we sat, dad's 48 and I'm 24. And we sat in the backyard crying. Like, we're hugging each other crying. And I was like, I understand you're hurting, but maybe go see someone. Because at the moment, it's a bit of a woe is me sort of thing. And then at the same time, I'm going, it's all good. It's all good. And we're just butting heads. So I was like, maybe we both need to go see someone. And I remember walking inside after that thinking, I'm not dealing with this great. Like I should not, that's my dad. I should not be blowing up at him. I was swearing at him everything and sort of just spilt everything, got it all off my chest. And when I walked inside, I was like, shit, that was a lot. Like I did go through a bit. Like that's maybe I'm not coping very well. And then I think a couple months later, I bought the van to try and, be a bit more free and just never used it. But yeah, it was probably that scenario. I saw it, everything was built up. And at that time I just lost it. Like I was just screaming at him and swearing. He was swearing back and then we started crying. It was just like, fuck, like we're not doing, 
doing great here. And that was probably a year and two months after everything had happened. So it was a long time after and I was just like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think what's really underrated in like general is like tough conversations. Yeah. And I think being able to talk about those difficult situations that we get ourselves in, whether it's someone listening now thinking, well, of course, Blake de- dealt with all of these things and them thinking, oh, well, this tiny thing I'm dealing with isn't worth it. I have yeah. to have gone through all of these big things to have said something or been able to feel as though I'm able to feel something. I think it's really important for everyone to remember that like issues are relative to you. And it's so important that we do, we are able to have these conversations and understand that some of the things that we're doing aren't healthy. We need to talk about things. I think that's another one too, is opening up, but also receiving that kind of information. Cause there was times where I've probably only told two or three friends. I know I told one of my like very best friends, that I was coming on this podcast and kind of explained like about our last chat. And she was like, holy shit, I didn't know you, you went through all that. And that was like two and a half. So I never told her mm. because I was telling people about it. And the response you get is, oh yeah, like I went through that with my nan sort of thing. And because my mindset was finding everything negative, mm. I looked at that like, I don't care. Like I'm going through something mm. right now. Instead of being like, oh, maybe I can fall on them be able to talk to them and grow from their experiences i was like shut the fuck up like at the time i was kind of like okay i get it and it sucks but like that's not helping me instead of looking at it positive and being like oh maybe like maybe i could have helped like they could have helped me i could have said like you know how did you go about it and just talk to them i was able to open up to them but i never did because Mm. i was just like okay no worries you went through it as well (laughs) You make a good point there in terms of like when we do at some point are able to have some kind of a conversation, I think a lot of the time both parties don't actually know what to do. I think an ear is a really underrated thing that we have. Yeah, yeah, massive. There was something in particular in in your TikTok that made me really want to follow, I guess, the journey and then eventually reach out. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go on this solo trip, try and find myself. It was kind of a joking way, but you were serious, right? It was, yeah, it was yeah. serious in that. And I, I wonder, was that difficult to, to make something like that? Especially being like a, a young male, I think saying something like that, I know it's something that I've struggled with in the podcast about talking about my journey. Was that difficult for you to say? Or by that point, were you like, well, this is what the fuck I'm doing? No, like it was, like it was real difficult. I've, even from that TikTok, I've had friends say it and they'll be like, message me like taking the piss a little bit and they'll be like, oh, finding yourself. And I'll just like joke back with it. But deep yeah. down, I was kind of like, well, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. I'm a sort of character. I they are. <laughs> I'm a bit like a muck around sort of character. So when I post stuff or when I say stuff, a lot of my mates just like laugh and think, oh yeah, whatever. Mm. But yeah, it was it was very difficult, especially being a young male. Like you often, I think this the stigma is sort of changing a little bit, but it's still tough. Like it's still really tough just to mm. be like, I'm not doing great, or just to open up a little bit. Like I posted that little bit of a joke 
now everyone knows. So instead of me having to be like to someone, shit, like this is what I'm going for, everyone knows now. But they they just look at it and go, oh, he's having fun. It's on TikTok and like all that kind of stuff. But it is like it is tough, especially for young men. No one really opens up. Like mm-hmm. I know I've got a mate of mine who last week started his own podcast. Shout out, bangers, Joseph Bangura, unannounced <laughs> podcast. And pretty much he gets like young dudes on and just asks them the tough questions. And it's it's very similar to this concept, like getting people to talk. And I think that's awesome that he's doing that. He's had people on and said, tell us something that's tough in your life and explain it. Mm. So it's, it is really tough. But I'll, apart from listening to a few of his episodes, I wouldn't have had many mates open up to me. I've probably had one that's really opened up. And other than that, no one opens up as young, like young men, no one opens up. I know it's a men and women thing, but in particular men, like just know there's, if you went off what you believe and what you see on Instagram and all, everyone's living a really, like really good life. But I think it is a point where people need to just be like, Hey mate, can I have a chat to you? Can I give you a call? Stuff like that. Like I know my group, of mates down here in Queenscliff when um, the stuff happened with our mate, we sort of got together and said, well, let's reach out. And every couple of months, someone will post in our inbox, hope everyone's doing all right here if you need. Now I think it's awesome that that group's like that, but it's only a very small percentage in terms of like the population down here. I know so many mates that you just look at them and you go like, is he okay sort of thing? Like there's certain times where, even like on a footy field or something out of character or you go out of town on out in town and they just get real angry, real easy or anxious. And you're like, what's doing that? Like mm. what's, what is going on? And I remember when um, I think Danny Froley's funeral, the ex football player, I remember one of the blokes speaking there did a chat and said, it is now okay to not be okay. Like now is the time to not be okay and sort of I guess when I read that or heard that it was also like it's not okay to not be okay with not being okay if that makes Mm. sense yeah yeah yeah, for sure yeah so I think it is something that as much as I joked about it sort of in the TikTok and had a bit of a laugh it was very tough to it's very tough when someone then messaged me and said have you left to find yourself I was like "Ah, nah like (laughs) No, maybe sort of like a little bit, but that was the exact reason pretty much. Like the exact, I was probably my last two or year and a half, I've just seen massive changes in myself and it's kind of got to the point where I was like, what the fuck? Like I wasn't happy with certain things and wasn't happy with certain ways I acted. And yeah, so it was just one of those times where I need to go, righto, face this, just go like front on, face it. And I thought the best way to do that is be by yourself pretty much. Like mm. it's, it's weird. I've said to a few people, like I was feeling a bit lost and a bit lonely. So I went on a solo trip where you're probably going to be as lonely as possible, yeah. <laughs> but it, it did work. Like I was able to come back and go, all right, well, I'm okay with being lonely. Like I'm okay, well, not lonely, but by Alone. yourself, I'm yeah. okay with doing things by myself. I'm a bit more comfortable. Like I the other day, I've asked mates to come play golf and stuff. And if no one wants to, I'm like, 
get upset. I'm like, fuck, no one wants to be my mate. Like, no one's saying. The other day, I went and walked 18 holes. It took me three hours. I just went and walked by myself, listened to podcasts, and just walked it. And no, when I got to the end, I was like, I never would have done that before this trip. Mm-hmm. I would have sat at home and felt sorry for myself because mates didn't want to hang out with me. But instead, I was like, oh, well, I'll see him next time. I'll just go play by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's liberating being knowing that you can do something on your own and that nothing can hold you back from doing things. And I think, you know, talking about the, the trying to find yourself and, and that mate that, that messaged you, I think it's quite a common thing when people, when you put yourself out there in a way. And I think the biggest issue now is when we're in this age, we do change a lot and some of us change at different rates, right? Like I feel like since I finished high school, like I feel like I've been on this changing like trajectory since then like I'm like I look back at my high school I was like I was pretty shit person you know and then you know and then you start learning new things and you're like oh okay but it's so important because the conversations that you can start from things like that and the people that you can kind of not inspire but you'll you'll it'll be really interesting to see the more things that you're able to do and share how many of those people come back and be like you know what like I've I've seen this in you. Like, I think I'm ready now to talk about it or to be able to have these conversations. I think it does start with, with a conversation. Do you have any idea on how you can start having chats with people or how you can slowly start to change that kind of cycle, I guess? I think mine, for me, from what I've sort of experienced is, I think whoever you reach out to, they're going to actually understand, especially if it's a mate. I get it. I guess if it was sort of someone you don't really affiliate with, if you just start opening up to them, they might be going, fair enough, but like, where's this coming from? But I think if you opened up to any one of your mates or just messaged them and said, can I have a chat? I reckon 99% of them would sit there and go, fuck, I hope he's all right. And I reckon you'd get a follow-up message the week later and one the week later, just seeing if you're all right. And I think another one is like, it's sort of a situation or scenario sort of thing. People will go, oh, my issue is not as bad as theirs. Like you said, er- like earlier, but it doesn't matter. Everyone's got issues. Like, especially as a, a male, especially in Victoria, like AFL footy is massive. But if you listen to any podcast or read any paper of an ex-AFL player, a lot of them have mental health issues. And when you're watching the footy or when you're supporting your team, you go, like, they're the kings of the world, really, especially like your Dusty Martins and stuff like that. But 100%, they would have their issues. Like, they have their problems. So it doesn't matter where you are in life or what you're doing or, you know, that kind of thing. Everyone has some sort of issue. And it doesn't matter how big or small, everyone has it. And people are going to deal with stuff differently. Like, someone might get fired and the same day someone might lose a good friend, but it doesn't mean getting fired. You should be able to go, Oh, well, whatever, like move on. My friend had this, like you should be able to just approach it and go, fuck, I need to chat to someone and be like, what am I going to do now? Like have a chat. And I think just when you finish those conversations, you, it's like a weights off your shoulders a little bit. And I know a lot of mine, I've opened up to a few mates and when you finish, you're just like, shit, like they're going through shit as well. And maybe it is normal. Maybe it is normal for a male to be like, 
fuck, I've got stuff going on. Like, mm. I know even my old man, like, everyone's dad or most people's dads are their idols. Like, everyone looks up to them. And I remember about five years ago, I got home. Dad was in the backyard crying and he opened up about something to me and my sister. And when I went inside, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, I did not expect that from my dad. And that's kind of when I thought, maybe that is the norm. Maybe that is normal. And I was only probably 20 or 19 then. And that was still, like, that's still late in life to go, males can be a little bit fucked up as well. Not fucked up, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Pretty late in life to go, like, it's okay to not be okay sort of thing. I know down here in Geelong at the moment, there's been five or six year nine to year 10 kids take their life in the last three months. And I look at that and go, what's, what got, what's going on before that? Like, do, do they understand at that young age that, yeah, shit's not going to be 100% all the time. You're going to have some stuff that's going to throw a curveball and you're going to think, what the fuck? But if you can just push through that and reach out to the right people and do all the right things, your best years are ahead of you. Like, I'm 24. My best years are ahead of me. I've still, I'll meet someone, I'll end up married, I have kids, might have my own business, my own house. Like, that stuff is nothing. Like, that stuff's massive compared to going to the nightclub on a Saturday night. So when you're young, you think that's your pinnacle. You're having so much fun. You think they're your fun years. But your whole life's ahead of you. Like, that's just you just having a little bit of fun. Like, your life is so far ahead of you. So when you're dealing with stuff now, just sort of reach out and talk and know that it's okay. Because mm. every, like it, it will come better. Like it will, you will be able to push through it. I guess the, the main thing that I really found from, from what you just said there was by you sharing something, you know, even if you are dealing with something, it starts the conversation. So I think even if you do know a mate that might not be, kind of coping well and you don't know how to ask them by you sharing one little thing, it makes them even feel a little bit, they might not say anything, but it might make them feel that little bit better yeah. or with a, with an older relationship where it's, whether it's a parent or a mentor or something like that, having one of them open up is a real kind of game changer, right? I guess that's why the football players opening up about mental health is such a huge thing because when you do hear a mate some, say something, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of become okay to talk about it, you know, yeah. and, and it's not such a shock for people. So I think that's some really great um, advice there. And, and it's, it is so important because it's not just a male issue. I think it's really important that we understand like it is a female issue as well, because I think a lot of these conversations that don't get had end up coming out in different ways. Um, if men hold things in, I think that's how a lot of like domestic violence issues happen yeah. because that rage or that insecurity 100%. is pent up so much or, you know, people getting hit in you know one punch you know yeah. situations and things like that i think they're all kind of interrelated it is a really massive problem and i think sometimes we focus on the wrong the wrong areas of what's important and what's not so i'm glad it's starting to get spoken about but i think it's on us as individuals to do our part and and have those really tricky conversations yeah. even if you don't get it right you know just yeah. 
Yeah. Well, no, like no, no one's ever been like perfect their whole life. So, mm. like you might be dealing with stuff now that you might have once laughed at, or like you know what I mean. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can't now go, shit, right, I need a change. Yeah. Or like no one's, you know, like there would have been people back when I was younger that I might have made a joke about or whatever. And now you kind of go, fuck, why'd I do that? Like, like they would have felt so shit about that. Mm-hmm. So why did I do that? But yeah, I guess everyone, you sort of, you can change and everyone has different problems. And yeah, I guess it's everyone is, everyone will have something go on in their life. No one's ever going to be up here the whole time. For sure. And I think one thing that's like, uh, the biggest misconception about like changing or, you know, becoming better and things like that is that it's like, once you make the decision to do it, that it's kind of easy. But I think like, that's the, that's the easy part is making the decision. Then the change, like there's going to be so many challenges. There's going to be so many times, like you said, that you'll beat yourself up and think, fuck, I was pretty shit. Like, oh, I was pretty yeah. shit back then. I shouldn't have done that or those things like that. And I think it's important for us not to reflect back on the past and think what could have been and instead know that the next step we make is going to be able to help that next person and, and it just becomes a ripple effect. It is cool to see people just saying I'm off like as well. And I've had a few people that I've opened up to that will just be like to me, holy shit, I did not know that. And then they might, like I had a couple that sort of would say something to me that they've dealt with. And it's just a healthy conversation of, being able to then talk about it, like, you know, oh, if you ever want to catch up for a coffee, I think that's a, a, like something you get out of it as well. Not just being like, oh, you're okay, hope you're okay, reach out if you ever need to. A lot of the people that you eventually speak to will be like, oh, do you want to go get a coffee sometime or we'll go have a drink and you actually make better friends out of it and you actually, I guess, you, you be more social from talking about one thing mm. like a lot of people will be like oh we'll have to go get coffee or we'll have to catch up or we'll have to go for a walk sometime and so like, that'd be awesome like that'd be really good because mm. you know that on that walk there's no reason to be anxious or anything like that like anything can be spoken about and it's just just refreshing yeah i think you made a really good point there that it does strengthen friendships if anything you know and if you do have a conversation and it does go to the wrong way that I don't think people should be discouraged I think it should just be that okay well they're not ready and I think it's important for yeah. us to understand that everyone has their you know we're all dealing with something and that it's important for it, you not to think that it's you you know and especially when you do have that and um, you just move on to the next kind of conversation yeah. and chat which I think is really 100%. important you said earlier that you'd never done anything really solo before, right? You, you, yeah. couldn't, you, you, I think last time we spoke, you mentioned like you didn't think you could ever even go get a coffee on your own or something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how, like, it's all fine and dandy for people to be like, Oh my God, he's gone on this solo trip and we see the van decked out and I'm sure like it all looks amazing. Like, what was it really like on that solo expedition? Because I know, although I'm sure there were some beautiful sunsets along the way and you had some amazing scenery, but I'm sure there was, was some tough, tough parts to it as well. So what was it like? A hundred percent. Like I think my first few days 
I was on a high. I was like, mm. I'm finally out of here. So it was awesome. And I was thinking, like, I think I went to Brulee on night one, then went to Kiama. My first day in Kiama, I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, this place is sick. I'm having so much fun. And my second day there, I woke up, went for a walk into town, had a look at the blowhole there, watched some surfers for a bit, went and bought some lunch and got back to my van. And it was like three o'clock. And I was like, shit, I don't really have much else to do. Like, <laughs> I was like, what, like what, what is there to do? So I sort of sat around for a bit. And I think the next couple of hours of that was really tough. I'm pretty sure I rang mum and dad about four times. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, what, what's going on? Because I was sitting there kind of thinking, what have I done a little bit? I was kind of like, fuck, what have I done? I'm a bit bored. Like, what is there to do? And then sort of when I even laid down that night, it was, it was very lonely because you're just sitting there by yourself. Mm. So I think like making that step to do something solo, you've actually got to understand and accept what's coming because it is going to be, you are going to be, even if it was a, to get a coffee by yourself, I'm sure you'll sit down and think I'm bored. I need to go do something or I need to read a book or something. And then you kind of sit there going, like, why am I doing this by myself? Like I look like an idiot or, whatever even some people in the caravan parks i stopped at would be like oh you're just here by yourself and i was like yeah and they'll be like oh shit how's it going and i'm like "Ah, (laughs) about that not great but that's all right (laughs) but yeah i think once i understood that like it yeah it it was going to be boring at times and it was going to be lonely at times i actually found the good side of it like i was kind of that first night i was like shit i'm laying in bed at six o'clock like I'm only nine hours from home. Should I turn around? But then the next few days, I'll do everything throughout the day. And I was cooking dinner at like five o'clock. And I was laying in bed or sitting outside near the water. And I'll just be like, this is what I'm here for, to relax and just chill out and find myself a bit. So why am I so stressed about having to be going a hundred mile an hour the whole time I'm here? It's just about sitting back and just like, just appreciating everything, accepting everything. So it was really tough my third and fourth day. But after that, I kind of went, I was still getting lonely and a bit bored and I was still getting a bit down on myself, but I was kind of like, well, I signed up for this. So like find the positive side in it. Instead of looking for the negative, I was like, I've got to find the positive. I'm getting a good night's sleep. Like there's a few nights I was, I was like, well, fuck, I'm getting a good night's sleep. So <laughs> there's my positive. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm in bed at seven o'clock. Well, I wouldn't have done that at home like a few nights I was like, that's, that can be my positive. And there was a few nights I'd go for a walk and I wouldn't get back to my van till 10 at night. And it was like, I'm fucking cold. And I may have got rained on a little bit, but geez, that was a nice walk and I've got my exercise in. So I think turning negatives into positives really helped on the trip, like massive. Yeah. Yeah. What was really interesting there is you, you said about, first of all, like when you see other people, and saying that you're on your own, I think it's really difficult in itself because you almost want to say to people, at least I found, like, I've got friends. Yeah. I chose this. Like, I'm not <laughs> They're just over there. They're having to swim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just, I decided that I wanted to do this on my own. Yeah. Like, you know, one that. But then the second part is we spoke before about how, you know, you found yourself watching Netflix all the time and taking these kind of, you know, people would say like, oh yeah, watching Netflix, it's a self-care day. You know, it's really important yeah. for you to do that. And you're thinking like, I think I'm past the point of self-care, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas this time it was, 
you, you have no distractions. You're stuck with yourself. And that like, did you, do you find that you thought like maybe, Oh, maybe this is what kind of like self care recharge actually is versus that kind of stuff we see online where it's like, yeah, watch a Netflix show That's self care. Take care, take a break when really we're scrolling through our phones at the same time. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's Matt. Like finding, yeah, that self care, finding something that actually is self care. Because I think watching Netflix and that, like, it's you know, you might find a good show and it's really entertaining and stuff like that. But I guess if you sit in bed for three days, you're probably going to finish that show in three days, and then what? Like, you got to find another one, and it's just a repeating cycle. You're not really self caring. Like I know myself, I'll lay in bed and eat food and watch Netflix, and then I sit there and go, well here's one thing I've put on five kilos. So that's not (laughs) self-care like, but being able to just get out and actually find something that when you get home, you feel refreshed. I think it's massive about feeling refreshed once you've done something. Like Mm. I know I've heard a few times people say the happiest people are those that spend a lot of time outside. And a lot of people that I know that are runners and do a lot of running. They're the same. Like they come home, they're the happiest people I know. I'm like, mate, you've just run 22 kilometers. How are you possibly happy? Like if I run five, I'm in a bad mood because I can't breathe anymore. Like how have you come home with energy? But it's, it's kind of interesting because you're like, they, they have, they've spent three hours outside in the sun. They've had a run. They've built up a sweat. They've come inside. They had a coffee in there. Happy as mm-hmm. I've jumped out of bed. I'm tired. I've gone and grabbed a pack of Doritos and got back in bed. And I'm like sitting there just feel like shit. Yeah. So it's like, is that really self-care? If, you, if all you're doing is making yourself tired and run down and I don't think anyone's ever jumped up out of bed after watching four hours of Netflix and gone, going to go run 20 kilometers now. Like it takes you half an hour to go, all right, I'm yeah. to run, do something. Yeah. You make a really like pertinent point there in saying like when, when you were, were there, I think you said something about you didn't have anything to do or like you needed to do something, but then you said, well, this is what I'm here to do. And I think when we do go on these finding ourselves kind of like journeys, we feel as though we need some kind of like success, like we need to tick something off or we yeah. need some kind of achievement outside of it. I know for me, like when I went on my solo trip, I felt so much more pressure to have done something at the end of it. Yeah when going on the trip, that was the achievement, you know? And so like, I had like extra comparison with people at home thinking like, fuck, I need to build a business or fucking do something while I'm here instead of thinking that going on this solo trip and, and working on me was the, I guess the, the important thing. And when you talk about you know, sitting in bed all day, I kind of like correlate that with people at their nine to five, which is a lot of the audience that's listening right now, sitting at their desk all day and wondering why when they get home, they have no energy to do anything. You're sitting mindlessly. You're stuck in this hamster wheel and you don't get to grow as a person. You don't get to feel like you're contributing to anything. You get stuck in like a cycle as well with work because you're just waking up going to work like I know as a chippy sometimes you're doing one job for two weeks Mm. and if you actually don't get home and go do something or on the weekend go do something all you're doing is getting home having dinner going to bed waking up going to work getting home like doing the same thing Mm. I know I struggle real bad 
I've got a lot of energy. Like I, I can't sit still for too long and do one thing for too long. So I struggle doing something that takes four weeks at work because if I get home and don't do anything by day three of that four weeks, I'm like, I hate this. And the next three weeks is the worst thing in the world. And it's funny because you step away from doing that task for a month or two and you do it again a couple of months later and it's your favorite thing to do. Like, this is awesome. But then you think about it and go, two months ago, I hated this. Like I did not want to wake up and do this. But I think it's just stepping away and refreshing and coming back to do it. Yeah, it really comes down to you, I guess. And like sometimes, like I speak a lot about like, it might not necessarily be the, like a new job isn't always the answer. A new, you know, a new partner isn't always the answer. A new house, a holiday isn't always the answer. It's like, I think sometimes we have to look at what can we do about ourselves and like, what's that slow process we can do so that we can feel like something's happening so that we're not just, you know, living, you know, existing in our lives and we're actually like living them. Yeah. Given that this was your first solo experience and you hadn't done anything solo before I want to I want to kind of stick on that for a sec because I know that there'd be other people listening thinking like oh I could never yeah I think you just have to commit a hundred percent before this would not have done it like my trip that I was going to do the same trip over New Year's was with a mate of mine and then he in the time of planning he sort of he got a missus and she was coming along which they're both awesome people that'd be awesome to holiday with but when he said that i actually started getting anxious because i was kind of like holy i'm gonna be by myself now like what if they want to go do something and now i'm gonna be by myself like for one day or for half a day Mm. and then it's funny six months later i went and done it by myself like the whole thing by myself whereas then i was kind of like what happens if they leave me for a day i'm gonna be bored like what am i got that's one day so before i was not that person at all and even probably two days before i left i was still like do i want to do this like shit do i want to do this i remember Mm -hmm. i was messaging a mate on the saturday before i left and he was like i'm coming i'm coming he was very pissed at the time but i was like (laughs) i was like yeah sick and that made me feel really comfortable and then when i kind of realized the next day that it was just a few beers that it was making him say that (laughs) i got real anxious again i was like well do i want to do this and uh, once I hit the road, like my first day was nine and a half hours and I got detoured twice and that ended up making me go like over 10 hours. I remember pulling up at the first stop and going, I'm turning around tomorrow. Like, this is not for me. And it was just pushing on from there to the next spot. And I was like, man, I'm 15 hours away from home. I'm not turning around. <laughs> like, I've done it now. I'm here. Just get it done. Mm. I think being up, like being, staying open-minded too, because mm. it might not be for everyone, but it might only be the one day that you need to sort of go, all right, I've been by myself now. But if you're open-minded about it and being like, well, shit, what's the worst? Like, mm. what is the worst? Even if you did like your one, you went overseas. What's the worst? Like if you didn't like it, you book a plane and come right home. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no restrictions pretty much at all as long as you time it right there's no restrictions if you're not enjoying it shit turn around but at least you've had a go and i promise anyone that does it they will not turn around once they've done it they'll be like this is awesome this is really cool 
It's something funny about doing something just for you and you being the only person that kind of gets something out of it, how nice that can be and how like how proud of yourself you can be which which is it's a funny thing doing work on you is the biggest underrated like thing out there and it's the most important thing for us to do because it will change every other aspect of your life 100 percent for sure and it is just making that leap like it is just doing it even with work if you're not happy where you are like make the change like guess in anything like I've, I've said to a few people that I've had chats with that they say they're not happy with what they're doing. My example is if I'm working and I'm nailing something and I hit my thumb, that's going to fucking hurt. So next time I put a nail in, I'm going to make sure my thumb's not there. I guess what I'm trying to say is if that hurts, don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> like it, or if you're sitting there going every day, I hate my job and it's really causing you stress. Well, don't do it. Make a change. Do something different. It's funny. And I love that you use the nail on the thumb because the assumption of what's okay and what's not. So like with the, with the job thing, it's like, well, you've got to work and this is how life's supposed to be. You're not supposed to like work. And now it's, mm, hang on a second. I think there's something wrong with that. It's okay for us to want more for our lives and it's okay for us to actually want to be happy. It, it is weird that wanting to do better or wanting mm-hmm. to be better can be such an anxious thing. Like why should you be getting anxious over being like, I'm going to do something to make myself happy. Like mm-hmm. that, you shouldn't be anxious about that. You should be excited about it. But yeah. I'm the same. Like I swapped job and I remember the morning I rocked up to tell my boss, I was sweating like on the drive. And I was like, why am I sweating? Like this is something I want to do something that I think I need to do but I'm sweating and I'm sure he's had people leaving before. So why am I so stressed? And yeah. if he's upset about it, I say, no worries, get in the car and go home. And then you don't speak again. Like it's, yeah, I think it's, it's weird that you can be so anxious and so worked up mm. over trying to do better. We should be okay and encouraging of people we see changing. Cause I think that's one of the big things. Like we, we said about your TikTok, how your mate kind of, sent you a text after and and I'm sure like he didn't mean any any harm from it he's just like taking the piss which is what the usual chat is with mates sometimes you know you you take the piss out of each other it's a it's a laugh and things like that we have this assumption of this is the way they were what what are you so like up on your high horse now and it's not about being up in your high horse it's just about people change and I think we need to accept people changing and encourage that as well and it's one of the reasons people get so scared to change is because as they do change, people, especially those close to us, may start to question that. But that's not really you. That's not who you are. Yeah, yeah that sort of, that stigma about like that's not you is massive, I think, because a lot of people get comfortable with how someone is. And when you see them sort of change and express themselves a little bit, you're like, geez, they're a weirdo or like, Jeez, that that's that's weird. Like maybe they're just like showing out or trying to like be different. But like you're right, maybe that is just them. Maybe mm. what they were doing or how they were was them just trying to fit in. And they kind of got to a stage where, well, fuck it, I'm just going to be me. <laughs> mm. 
We're getting towards the end now. I've got three questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of the episode. But before we jump into that, I just want to ask, is there anything else that you really want to say? I guess mine's probably, it is aimed at everyone, but more so towards men. And I hope a few of my mates have listened to this because I probably haven't opened up to many of them. They probably just think I'm just doing my own little thing and whatever. But it is just being able to open up. It is just being able to get it off your shoulders and just be able to say, shit, I'm not doing okay. Like, I guess that's my my biggest message from this. And when we had a chat last time and um, sort of said, you know, touching on sort of men's mental health would be awesome. When I finish that chat, I think that's going to be really cool. Like, it's going to be awesome because it's a chance for me to, if I can have one person, if one person can open up, then that's a positive for me. You know what I mean? Like, and to anyone that's listening, my Instagram's Blake underscore Natoli. I don't care if I don't know you, like reach out. If you want to reach out, reach out. Like, yeah, so I guess that's mine. It's just making sure that you, that it is okay to be like, hey, can I have a chat to you? Hey, can I, can we talk? Can I open up to you? Because I think it's the best thing you ever do. I love that. And, and I really commend you for coming on and being so open and willing. And we will put all of, all of your socials and stuff will be in the, in the show notes. But let me dive into these questions. And so the first question is, what is the first small step you took to get to where you currently are? Oh, I guess my, my first step would have been when I sort of opened up to my dad. And I think a few days later, I'd messaged one of my mates about everything. And it was just that very first step of like the one with my dad was probably a bit more forced because it was just a random thing where I just sort of exploded. But when after that, I kind of went, right, I need to talk to someone else. And I just messaged one person. And it was that was my first step to go, shit, um, I need to do something. That was mm-hmm. my very first step to go, fuck, pretty much. Like that was the first thing that went through my mind was that. And I was just like, right, let's do something to make a change. Nice. When you sent that message to your friend, was it one of those look away and press send or were you comfortable at that point feel like you could, you needed to say something? No, it was, it was a bit look away, like a bit sweaty palms. And that, <laughs> like, I, it's just one of those ones you don't know, you know your mates, but you don't, you feel like you're bringing them down. You feel like you're putting a burden on them, telling them. But I, the person I messaged is just a, an awesome dude. And I've messaged a few people now. They're just awesome people. And it's just like, it's just like having a chat. It's just like being like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. I think my first message was, hey, can we have a chat? Can I have a chat to you? I've just been pretty down at the moment. And his reply back was, no worries, dude. What's going on? Feel free to call me. If you want to catch up, let's catch up. And I think okay. that when I got that back, I was kind of like, shit, like maybe people will listen. Maybe it's maybe I'm not putting a burden on them. So yeah, that was, it's nerve wracking. It is very nerve wracking and very tense, but it is a very good thing to do. That's really cool. The second question is, what would you consider to be your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privilege problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your, your mental health. Mine's probably com- like comparing myself with other people mm-hmm. or even like just on social media and that. Like I remember ages ago, I went and unfollowed pretty much anyone that's rich because I was just like, I was looking at their... <laughs> Like, or even footy players, I was looking at their life and I was like, holy fuck, like, that's so cool. Like, what am I doing with myself? And 
Like, I'm following blokes that are playing AFL, the 19, and, she, and I'm just like, what? Like, at the time, I was real down. I was like, yeah. what, what, what have I done to be working fucking 7.30 till 4? I've got sore back already. I'm only 24. And they're cruising. Like, they're 19, just playing footy. I think that was – mine is comparing myself to other people. That's my biggest one. I always do it, and I probably always will. But it's just understanding that people's lives are different and everyone's – Everyone does shit different. Everyone has a different life. I really love that you mentioned that you unfollowed people because it's something in the past six months, it's something that I've really done is like change my social media feed and like dictated what I view. I reckon my mental health is that much better from in so many different areas and like really diversifying my feed. So I'm not just seeing one type of thing. It's so, it's something I'm really passionate about now. So important to, make people aware what you're seeing every day has the biggest impact on your life and the way you think about things. So I love that one. I think that's super important. The last question I have for you is what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? Something I've always wanted to do was like, obviously I'm a carpenter, but I've always wanted to do some sort of study and actually get into a social work or a youth justice thing and mm-hmm. I've always been really scared to do it and anyone I've even spoken to about it they're like are you really gonna do uni like are you really gonna study and I've signed up for it once and I was in it for two weeks and messaged him I was like I'm out boys like I'm <laughs> not doing it but it's something I have always wanted to do because I think Pete like especially youth justice my parents have worked with that kind of stuff and through prison systems and stuff like that and it's just a lot of people just need the push a lot of people just need someone but they don't ne- they won't necessarily do it themselves mm. and i think i have an understanding on that it's more that's probably my next step is actually just going for it like i guess i went for it with a solo trip and it was cool but now i'm back and i'm looking to get back into work and it's 7 30 till 4 30 and it's carpenter and it's probably not really my passion mm. so i think my next step is actually finding my passion and doing it like mm. actually going for it don't be anxious don't be scared just go for it because i'm qualified carpenter so if it doesn't work i've well, got, got that yeah i can fall back on that it's fine amazing i love that that's so cool and i hope that you do so let's get to this week's challenge uh we spoke a little bit about you going on this solo trip and have never done that before and the benefits you found from it so i know you've got a an awesome challenge for the listeners. So what, what challenge do you want to set for everyone this week? Uh, my challenge is just doing something by yourself. So whether that's getting a coffee or whether that's just going for a walk by yourself or whether it's just whatever, just spend a day by yourself, but make it active. Like don't go, I'm going to spend a day by myself watching Netflix, like spend a day, Go for a drive, like find, find a lookout near you or find a waterfall, or, but go do it by yourself because a lot of people will, I hope a lot of people will relate to this. They'll find something that they want to do and they'll go, oh, I want to message my friends. And when no one's available, they don't do it. Mm. So just go do something by yourself and just feel like how good it is. Feel how like you'll get home and you'll be like, shit, I actually haven't done it. And they missed out. Like, that's their bad. So just 
yeah, go do it. And as we said, like socials would be there. Share it on your socials. Send me a photo or a message or whatever. And just be like, went and done this or take a photo or put it on your Insta so everyone else can see that you're actually taking that step to do something solo. And it might only be a one-off or you might find I can do that all the time. If anyone does that, like we said, tag me, tag Blake in, in your stories if you do something or message message Blake and let him know because I know he would love to see what what you guys are doing or what this conversation led you to do. I think that's really important. So is Instagram the best place? So Blake underscore Natoli. Yeah. A really amazing chat and I think a really important one. And I just want to thank you for being so open to chatting like this and I, I do think that you're going to, like I said, it, there's going to be a few people that are going to listen to this and think like, shit, it's, I think this is the thing that I was waiting for to be able to have that conversation or do that thing or just understand people yeah. a little bit better. So thank you so much. Well, I want to thank you as well. Like I said in one of the emails, you're probably helping more people than you realise and I would never have had these conversations with someone I don't know. So it's like, even that is just, you've, you've helped me take that next step. And now I hope I've helped someone else and then they can help someone else. And it's just all about that. I reckon like, it's all about just taking that next step and having someone there that can go, go for it. Thank you so much, Blake. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the millennial crisis. I hope you found a lot of value in it. I know this was such an important chat to be had and I thank Blake again for being so open and honest with our conversation. I know he would have helped so many people with sharing his story. If you do want to connect with Blake, all of his information will be in the show notes. So please connect and send him a message and let him know what you liked about the chat and how you go in this week's challenge. I will speak to you next week with another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. If you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to share it. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do. And leave me a rating if you liked it.